Okay. Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for uh, joining me today. My name is Leighton. I'm one of the executive producers here for the SA Voice podcast. Um, joined today with um, our co-host, Danny. Danny, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. You know, uh, fighting the cabin fever, but you know, the fight is going good. Absolutely. Good to see you again, man. And uh, special guest today, um, Mike Ryan from Vernon, British Columbia. Mike, um, you are a golf industry professional. Um, why don't you uh, say hi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Really excited to have this conversation with you. Um, my name is Mike Ryan, as you said. I'm a retail manager at the Rise Golf Course in Vernon, British Columbia. Uh, we have currently been opened for business for exactly two weeks today, and everything has been going smooth. So happy to have the conversation with what's worked and what's going on with us. Awesome. Yeah. So um, the good thing about British Columbia, I guess, is that you have the weather, the better weather to be open sooner than we do. And for us, we actually got pushed back a little bit because of weather more than COVID-19. We were actually supposed to open four days earlier than we, we originally did. And it was snow still on the golf course, not, not anything that we couldn't handle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Mike Ryan, so these golf courses in BC have been open a couple of weeks. I know they're not open here in Ontario. Um, why do you think that um, there's a discrepancy in the provinces? Why isn't it an amalgamated kind of Canadian decision? And uh, how come you guys are playing golf almost a month before we are? I think it speaks to almost the whole situation that's happened uh, across the country. It's been different throughout the provinces. Um, obviously, things have been a little bit more severe in Ontario than they have been here. We never were on a full lockdown. Um, we never were shut down to essential workers only. It was always recommended um, that if you're non-essential to stay home, but it was never forced onto people. Um, so for us, opening back up isn't as big of a step as it might be for you guys in Ontario, where everything has been almost completely locked down, but essential services, we've still had some stuff flowing open and um, things have been good here. Also being in a smaller communities in BC, not as many big cities, uh, the spread just isn't quite as quick or as rapid as it's been for you guys in Ontario as well. Yeah. yeah, that's the issue that I feel like when I look at the news and it's like, oh, you know, Ontario's got a bad. Yeah, Ontario does got it's it's not good, but I also think that it's just um, Ontario has the most cities, the highest population, you know. So I think that um, that is the big a big factor, right, to consider when looking at the numbers for Ontario and the, this COVID thing, right? Absolutely. But even in BC, so the biggest areas that have been hit are Vancouver, so like where high rises, big apartment buildings. The rest of BC doesn't have a ton of that stuff, so it, it doesn't spread quite the same, and the, right. the communities are separated a little bit further than they are in Ontario as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. There's a public perception that um, golf courses are not essential services, that they shouldn't be open right now. Um, and there's tend to be a shared belief that over the course of a four or five hour round, there's no way you can keep four people separated more than more than two meters at all those times. And I just kind of want to ask you both what your opinion on it. Do you think golf courses being open is smart and safe right now? Uh, Danny, I'll start with you. Yeah, um, thank you. I do think because um, I'm a golfer, um, you know, well, kind of yeah right <laughs> yeah right um it's it's I, I like golf 
for a few reasons. One, it, it's a good time, especially if I'm out by myself or, or with maybe um, one or two friends. It's a good time to be out of the house, right? Like you said, it's a few hours. It's just out there and you're just hitting the ball. Um, you know, usually I got a beer in my hand, you know, the nine in the other hand. And it's just having a good time. Um, so that's one reason I like it. Um, it's good social activity, right? And uh, no, it's not a lot of exercise, but it's just I just I just like being outside in the sun, um, getting out of the house. So I do believe that there is a safe way to do golf, right? Right now, um, and I think we should because a lot of people are they're they're stuck inside. You know, they're they're the most uh, air that they get is either um, walking outside or taking a walk through uh, around their block. But there's not really a lot after that. There's not really a lot of people going outside. So I do think that that is good for for that. And there are ways. I mean, it is 18 holes. It's huge open space where you can. I do think that you can safely um, implement do it. it. Yeah. Implement it. Yeah, I do think that there are ways and I'm sure we'll find out what BC is doing. But, you know, I have my own ideas from having played golf several years um, of things that we can do. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, it's important people to have something to look forward to, get outside, enjoy the sunshine, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's interesting to kind of note how the discrepancies between Ontario and BC um, in Ontario. Now, we don't have any golf courses open. We just started opening or we will start opening. Uh, driving ranges on Monday, May 4th. Um, and Mike, can you speak to you as why you think that may be a bad idea? To, as somebody who is in the golf industry, I honestly think that that's backwards. Um, in, in Vernon, where I live, we have one driving range open. Every other driving range is closed. Uh, but we have in BC over 100 courses are open right now. Um, it, it's for us, we're trying to eliminate human contact. Um, it, it's almost a perfect thing. If you're in a foursome, you're not seeing another group even close to you with the way we have it set up. Uh, and at driving ranges, it, there's just too many touch points. Uh, they have the baskets that you have to touch. Um, people are touching the stalls, and unless you're spraying them every single time, um, I don't know that I would feel necessarily safe at one of these facilities right now. Whereas in golf courses, we've eliminated the touch points. We don't have rakes in the bunkers. We don't have ball washers or coolers on our carts. We have to have carts, unfortunately, because we're a mountain golf course. Uh, but we limit, you can only ride in the same cart as somebody you live with. Yeah. Uh, if not, you have your own cart. And everything is sanitized at least twice before you get in it. So question, you said that you're in a mountain course. So are your golf carts electric or are they gas? They are electric. Um, so yeah, it, it's, you couldn't walk our course, unfortunately. We have some big hill climbs. Okay. Uh, so that's a different challenge that we have that some other courses don't have in BC. If you don't need to have carts out, that eliminates another touch point altogether. Yeah. And, and that's an extra layer of safety. For us, we have to have it, but we have the same uh, sanitizer that hospitals are using right now as well. Uh, we sanitize 
once the cart is used, if anybody, if any of our staff touch it, it gets sanitized again. Uh, it gets sanitized when it comes in and then sanitized again in the morning. So almost, it almost feels like overdoing it, but there's no such thing as overdoing it right now. Uh, yeah, at this point, there is no overdoing it, you know? Like if you take your cart and you dip it in some sort of like, <laughs> you know, that may be overdoing it, but that's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, Mike, in our pre in our pre interview conversation, you kind of talked about um, some of the precautions that you guys are undertaking, um, and you talked about perception. Um, why is it important to almost, as you just alluded to, overdo it so that in the public eye you are, are you are making good on that? Can you maybe walk us through some of the steps that you guys are taking to protect the public? Okay, I'll answer the first question first. Uh, perception is, is is really is everything. You can be doing everything, but if the public doesn't see it, it it's not. You're not doing everything. Um, like I was saying to you guys in the pre-interview, we've only had one person come and complain with anything that we've done in the two weeks we've been open, and it was his perception that our staff members were standing a little bit too close to together. It turned out those staff members were brothers who live in the same household and ride to work together, but yeah. the, the person doesn't know that. So when they're at work, sorry, you, you guys have to still follow the same rules. We know you live in the same house. We know you drive together. The people don't know that. So perception right. is kind of everything there. It doesn't look like we're taking it seriously if the first thing you see is two guys standing right beside each other. Exactly. But um, so for process wise, I'll, I'll run you through what we do when people get there. Um, so we're not allowing people to show up more than 15 minutes before their tea time. We have moved our tea times back from nine to 12 minute intervals to, to make sure that the full hole in front of you is clear before you even get to the tea box. So when you arrive at our facility, we have our outside team is staged in the parking lot. So you are not allowed to get out of your car until they bring you a cart. And we, we tell everybody this and send them emails and call them with all of this stuff beforehand. Um, so once our staff members will bring you a cart, they call us in the shop area to make sure that there is nobody there, nobody in the vicinity, and that everybody is clear. We then call them to come up. They will come up. We try to eliminate all traffic into the shop by getting everybody's credit card uh, ahead of time. When they come by, they just say, yeah, charge it to the card on file. Occasionally, there will be somebody that does need to pay. We only allow a two-person max in our facility. Uh, but as I was saying before, we don't have any touch points inside uh, of our building. We're basically in a big event tent right now because we're building a new clubhouse. Um, so we don't have any touch points in there. We will let you tap your card. That's it. Everything gets sprayed once you are in there. We spray door handles, uh, keyboards, phones, everything. Once it's touched, it's sprayed. Um, on the course, what we have is nobody's allowed to touch the pins. Uh, we have pool noodles actually in our cups because some courses have been doing raised lips, but it's not really the same if the ball doesn't drop. It hurts our turf care because they can't cut. They got to take the hole out first. So um, the ball will only drop a couple inches. So you can actually put your fingers in and grab the ball and only touch your ball. Uh, we got that from a course in Kamloops that have been doing it successfully before we had opened. Okay. What about uh, the flags? Have those been eliminated? So we do have flags in. That's why we have the pool noodles in. It, it is strictly a no touch. We uh, have our on-course people going around constantly. And if there's not a group on that hole, they go and clean the flagpole just to be safe. Um, if they see somebody doing it, it the first one is like, uh, hey, guys, 
just remember because some people it's just instinct to go grab it. Yeah. And then if it's a second time, that's kind of seen as being defiant and we'll ask you to leave the property. Okay. That's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm excited to kind of see how it kind of comes about, especially in Ontario here, bigger population, more golfers. Um, I think in Kingston, there's only two active cases right now. I can't speak to the number of active COVID-19 cases in Kamloops, but do you think the, the overall active number of cases play a role in how strict or lenient public health policies would be at a golf course, Mike? I don't think it should. Um, to be honest, one case is still putting people at risk. Um, and, and just, it's a different type of animal, this COVID-19. The fact that it lives on surfaces for so long, if that one person touches it and is gone two days later, it's still there. So um, we're acting like, we don't have many cases here as well, but we're acting like we do have a ton of cases here. Yeah. It, yeah, you have smart. to act like a worst case scenario. And um, it's funny because we're getting a lot of great comments now saying, holy, you guys seem like you're going above and beyond here. But like we said earlier, there, there is no such thing as too much right now. No, it's smart, um, you know, to disinfect everything to make sure. Yeah, there is no above and beyond everything. We got to be safe. We got to be smart. Um, and it's not so much like, yeah, it's, it's, it's important to, for people not to have it. But like you said, it's once it's there, it can spread so rapidly. Right. And it's just one person can honestly can ruin it for everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. And everybody seems to have different opinions on how serious it is and, and things like that. And it's hard to manage all of that as well. Like some people don't believe in it and other people believe that they should be like 20 feet apart. So it's kind of managing expectations as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's kind of funny to me, like society says it's okay for you to line up and go to Costco and see Danny, but you can't go on a golf course. Um, I think some of the biggest critics of golfing right now are kind of like what I said in the pre-interview. Do you think it's feasible to keep four golfers two meters apart for four hours? Like, you know, you might be having, oh, and that was another question. Do you guys have uh, beverage carts out right now? Probably not, eh? No, no, we're, we're lucky in the one regard is we have a halfway house uh, built on our 10th tee and it's a walk-up window. So we're lucky in that regard that we can allow one person to leave the tee box and go all the way, which is like probably 50 feet away from the tee box, walk up, go get something and then come back. Um, again, everything's disinfected before, after our staff are behind a plastic shield so they feel pretty safe as well. Yeah. How, um, I how think busy? it's funny. Sorry, go ahead, man. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So I think it's funny <laughs> that you say that um, that the driving range uh, has more contact points than the um, course itself. And I mean, I do agree. I mean, you have the balls, you have the buckets. Um, you know. But I mean, like, like, but you you were talking about uh, you guys have eliminated some things from the course as well too to eliminate those contact points, like ball washers and things like that. Um, but yeah. what makes it, what makes it more, I, or what makes it backwards? Do you think of having the driving range opposed to having the actual course open? It's a less controlled environment. Um, we've had people say that you, people should be walking their dogs for mental health and not it golf wise golf necessary. And, and to be honest, it seems like the complaint about golf is more about people can't do what they want to do for fun. Uh, and they're not golfers so why do golfers get to go out and have fun um and and, and it's seen as 
it's just normal. We're not doing anything. Whereas at a driving range, it, people are flowing in. It, it, it's hard to take appointments. I know the one driving range that's open here, they have a course as well. They take uh, appointments for the course, but you can just show up at the driving range. And in between, like people are touching the tees, the golf balls, you have to clean the golf balls after every use. Like it, it just doesn't, there's too many variables there. Whereas on the course, you're using your own equipment. You, we recommend and would hope that you're playing with people that you are in close association with normally anyways, either it's a coworker or somebody that you live in the same house with. Um, we're not hoping that you're grabbing just four random buddies that you never see and, and they're playing together. Um, so it, it, there's just not as many variables. We don't have to hand over as much stuff to you. The cart thing for us is, is the worst part, I think, that we have to um, use carts to multiple people in uh, various days. So it, it, that's the worst part for us, but it's a necessary thing and we're doing everything we can to make sure that we're doing enough to keep everybody safe. So what about like, sometimes I'll go out by myself or I'll go with a partner um, and we'll get, or if I'm by myself, sometimes I'll get paired up with another pair or, well, usually I'll get paired up with another pair if I'm by myself. So, like, is that something that you guys are doing? We have done. Um, if people aren't comfortable with that, we absolutely will, will let them go at a different time. Uh, for the most part, we're getting threes or fours anyway. It, it, if it is a pair, it would be a single that wants to join up who had nobody else to play with. And obviously, we would check with the group beforehand to make sure that that's okay. Um, and like I was saying earlier, everybody has their own carts. Uh, every it's our property is so big; it's pretty easy to keep your distance. Obviously, the putting green I would think would probably be the worst, the worst yeah. part because if you, if you're on the tee box, you can sit in your cart until the other guy hits and gets back in his cart. Um, we've had some groups that obviously, when you have a couple beverages, you kind of forget and you get a little close, and you have to warn them that hey, your guys are getting a little bit too close. Um, that's that's been a bit of the challenge so far and it's just because it's not in people's habit it's not a habit for people yet yeah yeah and and, and to me and to another people that perception of allowing people to come together and enjoy alcohol and be together is where things could go wrong um but for for the public reception to this mike how busy are you guys are you guys are you guys packed <laughs> Well, early on, absolutely. Uh, we, we have a set number that we feel comfortable allowing on our property that we can handle, space them where we feel safe, which is less than what we would normally do, significantly less. Um, and we were hitting that number uh, the first few days. Uh, for us, it's been most courses in this area that have a strong membership base are only open to their members. So we're one of the few that are allowing public on, which is another level that most courses are taking to keep their membership safe. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I like, go ahead. I was just going to say, so how does your, what's the feedback from you and the rest of the staff? Do you guys feel protected? Do you guys feel you're doing enough? Or, or is there maybe some feedback that you can share from, from the staff that uh, um, maybe they're not feeling okay? Maybe this isn't a great idea? Well, for us, 
we took this really serious from the start. We didn't open before we were ready. Uh, we brought our staff in for a full two days of training. We like even our returners, we went through what exactly step by step by step what we are doing and then brought them in the next day and did it again. Um, we don't want any gray areas. There is it's this is a black and white thing. There's no gray areas. Um, our staff, we feel like we're doing enough. Um, we're keeping them we work in teams as well i don't know if i've mentioned that so we are in a team of six to eight people and we don't come in contact with the other team we don't even see them really so they will work we work four days on then we'll get three off then we go in for three on and four off so our our crews don't even overlap so we wow. don't it's not like you work with different people all the time you work with your team so if somebody on our team gets sick our team is off and then the other team would have to take over and work for the 14 days until we can come back or until somebody gets tested. Um, so that's that's another extra step that we're taking to ensure that if something did happen, um, that we're prepared and we're not having to completely shut down, we can still manage our business and, and maintain keeping our, uh, our staff safe. That's good. Um, that's a so pretty good uh, plan, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially because golf courses aren't like huge huge operations where you need a lot of man i mean you do but i mean these team things is it is pretty good yeah. i think um so mike what's the policy to open up the golf course to um non-locals are you accepting people with alberta's driver's license are you letting people come out of town you can't control where these people are from how do you kind of go go about dealing with that kind of thing like like for example we talked about maybe getting somebody on here from uh, internal bc golf course and I'm sure they're flooded with Albertans until the Alberta opens up uh, soon as well. But how do you kind of, how do you deal with that? See, it's a really tough issue, to be honest. Um, with the relationship between BC and Alberta, there's a lot of Albertans that have properties here and it is their main residence, but maintain their Alberta cell phone numbers or have Alberta licenses. So it's really a gray area. Um, for us, I, we've seen a bit of it. I would say maybe five to 10% of our play would be Albertans. Uh, we're drawing mostly locals and people from Kelowna, West Kelowna, Kamloops, uh, places where most of the courses are, that are open are private right now. So it, it's those people that are coming out and, and playing our course, not as many Albertans. I was talking to another industry industry professional yesterday uh, from the Kootenays who said that oh, every car they have out there is Albertans. Yeah. So, it, uh, yeah. and, and there it's obviously it's a different animal in smaller communities in BC where all these Albertans are coming in and taking the resources and the hospitals there can't handle if a big outbreak happens, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So it, it's tough to monitor, but at the end of the day, this is where the government has to step in and say, well, we're not we're closing alberta to bc travel to non-essential people uh which it seems like they're doing in banff and places like that uh if you're trying to go into the city of banff right now they have police there asking you why and if it's not for gas and to get out of there uh you're not allowed in yeah wow. yeah i saw that um i think i think that's a step you can take um seems a bit um almost too extreme in some in some instances um but I think I think people right now are really health sensitive, so doing those extra steps is definitely important. Um, what about um, what about for you? What oh, about for you personally, Mike? Have you gone out and played yet at any other courses other than yours? 
I have not played. Uh, like I said earlier, I was at uh, the driving range facility in town that was open, and to me, it was like it didn't even feel near as safe as what we had going on. Oh wow! Um, for for us, like if you're playing in a four, that's the four you're gonna see. Uh, we have it so spaced out that if you see somebody, they're pretty, pretty far away. You couldn't even tell if it was a man or a woman. Um, so for most people, they're only seeing the group that they're playing with and hopefully two to three staff members. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not, they're, they're, people aren't playing too fast where they're catching up or too slow where they're holding holes up. It's, it's pretty good pace. Well, for us to, to circumvent that, we've made our tea time intervals uh, three minutes longer. So it's just to space it out even more. We actually found ours were spaced pretty good before, but this three minutes, like it's a full, we start on a par five, which is super, a super long par five. And the, the group is gone before the, the next group even comes into the clubhouse. So, yeah. um, or comes up to the clubhouse. So it, it, it's in that regard, you don't really see too, too many other people. What's your uh, most difficult hole? Oof, that one could be one of them. Uh, we have a couple difficult holes out there. But the the thing that comes with that is we have a lot of beautiful holes out there. So it, it makes the pain go away a little bit, a yeah. little bit quicker. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I, that I like about golf is that it's, uh, you know, you'll have a difficult hole where it's like, you know, you'll want to like smash your clubs. But you know what? It's, it's beautiful out there. So you know, it's like, I'm going to keep this club for uh, the next hole and keep going. <laughs> to be honest, for us, the mentality that we have uh, noticed people coming to the course, it's a lot happier than normal. Um, obviously, you get the people that come off the course normally that are very upset and, oh, I didn't play well. But I think um, nobody's really taking it for granted right now. Everybody is just appreciating being outside and uh, appreciating the little things and not really caring as much about how they play. It's more just getting out and doing something. And I think that's why it's so important that we are able to open up golf courses at some capacity. You know, like for me, I was, um, my idea was, you know, exactly what you said, space out your tee time. So it's like you're not running into people, you know, or another team, um, you know, just things like that, you know, walking instead of driving or, um, but yeah, no, I do believe that it is one of the most important things that we could do is open up little things like that. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry that you didn't pick up golf. You know, I mean, it may be a cost thing because golf is expensive um, or it may just be like a thing that I, I you just don't want to do. But you know what? You shouldn't take that away from the people that do golf just because you can't do what you like to do. I think you have more of a chance of coming across another person walking a dog in your neighborhood than you would on our golf course. Agreed. Unless your neighborhood books, unless your neighborhood's booking times for people to walk their, their animals. Like uh, we have booked time. So we control the property. We control who comes in, who goes out uh, and when they come and when they, they go. So we, we have full control over our property. Before we opened, we had some people that were walking on our course and, and walking their dogs and stuff and complaining that we were going to be open. And we were saying, we actually control and know every single name of every person that's on our property. Yeah. If we're not open, we don't. We don't. And if something happens on our property, we're still liable for that. But we aren't in control of everybody that's up there. Yeah. yeah. And is there any kind of like governmental, um, uh, I don't want to say aid, but like, um, like, have they told you guys like what you need to be doing? Um, 
And are you guys going above and beyond? Or are you guys staying at the at what they're saying to do? So really, this has brought everybody in the industry closer together. Um, for us, we were originally not planning to open with with what was going on or not planning to open until May long or the start of June. Uh, but there was a course in Kamloops uh, called Rivershore and they, they never closed during the whole thing. Uh, they were ready to open and they stayed open. They received a complaint uh, through Interior Health because they were really busy on a beautiful day. Uh, so Interior Health had actually gone out to the property and checked out what they were doing. And they came out and said, we encourage courses to open and do exactly what they were doing. Um, so we've all pulled together and talked to each other. We, were, we weren't the first to open and we weren't the last to open. So we went to the courses that were open and asked what they were doing that was working, what they had had issues with. And then we, we took that. So we weren't the guinea pigs by any means, um, but we, we followed along with what they were asking. Uh, the CPGA and the PGA BC have, have come up with guidelines and what they thought was, was safe. Um, we have kind of gone above and beyond that uh as as we were saying earlier optically you have to uh but yeah everybody's come together there is a set of standards and we are receiving calls from other courses asking about what we've been doing and what's worked and what hasn't and uh we've noticed other courses are extending their tea times and stuff like that uh because we've noticed such a such great benefit from it and um so is bc the first state what do you what do we call them here province <laughs> uh, is the first province to open golf courses or um have there been other ones no i would say we're always the first um yeah. just weather wise there's some that never close uh even those ones did close for a while but like i said there was the one in kamloops that decided that they were going to stay open and and try and work through it uh, and they were kind of the ones when Interior Health jumped in and, and had their back that got the rest of us on board to open as well. Yeah. So you guys are basically the Canadian guinea pig. So like Ontario and everyone else is going to take your pain points and your your what works, what didn't, and implement it um, across the rest of the country, really. Well, that's what we hope. But then you watch what just happened in Alberta this week where they've said – oh yeah, we're going to open courses up this weekend, two days prior. Like nobody's ready for that. You, yeah. you haven't called around the courses. You can't possibly train your staff and have all these measures in place in two days. Like it, it's, it takes time. This isn't a two day patchwork thing. So that to us, that's scary because if they don't do it right, it has repercussions to everybody in the country. Yeah. yeah that's the issue, right? That it's like, Everybody, like you said, it's, it brought your community closer together, you know, but it's like it needs to be now the greater community because it does affect everybody. It's like, like, like I said, one person ruins it for everybody. And that's why you have to go above and beyond because not everybody thinks the same way, unfortunately. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I think there's a lot to be learned here, a lot to be shared. Um, hopefully this is a, is a good time to not see your competitors as competitors, but as partners to kind of bring people together for the sport and keep them healthy. Um, but professional kind of aspect aside, Mike, um, how are you and your family doing? How are you guys coping? I know BC's beautiful. You can get outside um, quite a bit there. Um, but how are you guys, how are you guys holding up? I know you have a, you have a, you have a girlfriend there. How are you guys doing? Yeah, it's obviously it's been a challenge like it has been for everybody. Um, it's just trying to wake up with a purpose every day, right? And uh, have something to do and not just think about what's going on in the world and not live in the media. And 
get like you said get outside do some stuff um but but maintain distance and yeah just it, it kind of brings everybody closer together almost with nobody having uh as much to do we're in constant communication obviously even with friends that you don't talk to quite as much so it's been it's been really good in that regard you just got to take the positives out of it and uh, not just stare at the negatives yeah absolutely for sure um well, I think we're getting close to our half hour there. Um, I just want to kind of start wrapping it up and say, uh, I hope, I hope this was, uh, kind of intended to educate people. I know there will be quite a bit of criticism from people across the country when the golf industry does open up fully, um, uh, Canada wide. Um, but hopefully they can start to learn some of the things that BC has implemented to kind of keep people safe and realize that, um, you can still enjoy the sport and you can still keep people safe. And hopefully we can see that kind of cross over into different industries, you know, tennis, something like that, where, where uh, other, you can kind of implement similar things, but um, thank There's you. There's a lot of sports definitely that um, are less contact driven than like say basketball or football, you know, um, yeah. like you said, tennis, yeah, baseball, golf. Yeah, exactly. So and it feels like those are the ones that are starting to open up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, guys, uh, thank you again for your time. Um, Danny, always good to see you, man. We'll be in contact later this week. And uh, Mr. Mike Ryan from Vernon, BC, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you so much. To share your, uh, share your thoughts. Thank you guys for having me. Good luck with the driving ranges opening this week, and hopefully you guys are swinging the stick soon. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hoping. I'm going to go break out my clubs and uh, get me a couple balls and go. Is your clubhouse open, by the way? Like, is, like, if I don't... So like I was saying, we have, uh, we're kind of in an event tent. We're building a new clubhouse right now. Uh, so we only allow one to two people. And it, it, that's if it's completely necessary to tap your card uh, because you didn't have a credit card that we could charge on file. But yeah. um, we're trying to eliminate that as much as we can. We call everybody and get their credit card numbers and build profiles for them and then just charge through when they show up on that day. See, just looks like you guys got it all down. There you go. Hey, we invite other courses in Ontario. If you want to reach out to us and ask us what we're doing and what's worked, well, we'd be happy to help in any way we can. Um, Most F. Maybe I'll put uh, the golf course website link on the bottom of the YouTube video. Yeah, you should, definitely. And then, because uh, I know you guys have some good information on how you're doing to combat it there, and maybe people can use it as a resource. So. Please do, and come out and visit us soon. Awesome. Okay, gentlemen, uh, All let's right. end it there. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks again, Sounds Mike. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye, everybody.